You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. All right. So we have some ladies up here who have been homeschooling in, in different forms for many years. And I'm going to start by just having them introduce themselves and tell us um, your kids' ages and uh, where they're at these days. You want to start, Christy? Sure. Um, my name is Christy Rogers, and um, I have four kids, um, and their ages are five, seven, ten, and eleven and a half. And um, we've been homeschooling for well since my oldest has been in preschool. Um, we do classical conversations, and it'll be our seventh year in that. So. I'm Linnea Botine, and I have three children. One, uh, my daughter is fourteen, and she will be a freshman. And then I've got uh, two 12-year-old boys who will be going into seventh grade. And this is only our third year, so we are still learning every day how to do this. <laughs> uh, my name is Brenda Bundrick. Um, I have two children. Uh, Kaylee is 21, and she's a senior at CCU. And Ryan is 18, and he's a senior in high school. And I've been homeschooling for about eight years. Um, they were public school before, and so I've kind of made that transition from public to homeschooling. So we've got a variety of, of ages and perspectives represented here, and that'll be great. So first question I have for you guys is what is something that you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself when you first started homeschooling? A lot of people might be approaching this, um, and obviously everybody's coming from a different place. Homeschooling and school at home, we're using that interchangeably, but we know that everybody in this room is in a different place. But still, if they could go back in time, what would you tell yourself? And anybody just jump in. Okay, I'll start. Um, I think it's very scary, and you think, can I do this? You know, when I started, it was fifth grade, and you start thinking, huh, am I good at this math? Can I do this in the next few years? But you can do it. And um, and the other thing, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, well, I guess move on, because I forgot. Um, I would say the first time I started, Kaylee was going into sixth grade, Ryan was going into second, and um, I was terrified of killing my kids. So um, I was public schooled, never ever thought I would homeschool. Uh, so when it actually happened, um, I think my biggest fear was that I was gonna mess them up or um, that we wouldn't be able to get along all day because you know it was great. It was easy to like pretend when they got off the bus and have cookies and be happy <laughs> for four hours, but to do it day after day. So um, I think the biggest thing I would go back and tell myself is just relax. Um, you know, it's about the relationship with them ultimately. Um, the academics will come. So relax. Yeah, I would say for me, um, it was just to have a lot more grace with myself. Um, and I think I, if I could go back and tell, tell my first year homeschool self, I would just say that the end goal is not getting the math lesson done or the subjects finished or the curriculum completed, um, but it's just to really enjoy being with my kids and just enjoy that process of learning and that if they love learning just a little bit more, if they love reading just a little bit more, if they love Jesus just a little bit more than I've won. And so I think just having a lot more grace and reminding myself of the bigger picture um, is what I would tell myself. That's good. 
Um, I, the next question might be similar, so we'll just see. What is um, a mistake or, or just an error that you feel like you could go, you would want to correct? A mistake you made maybe in those early years. Well, before kids, um, I um, and was in youth ministry, and before that, I was actually a public school teacher, and I taught fourth grade. And so when my oldest, of course, all of you that have you know multiple kids, the oldest is always the guinea pig with parenting anyway. Um, and so that was the same with homeschooling. And so um, one mistake I think is I just thought he's starting preschool. And so we have to make it like a classroom, right? And like, I really think that that was probably my big mistake was just thinking that I had to replicate how I was when I was a teacher in public school. Um, and that it does not have to be like that, that it can be homeschooling, just sitting together on the couch and learning and reading together, sitting at the table or laying on the floor, going outside. Like there's, it doesn't have to be a classroom setting uh, to homeschool. And so we learned that fairly quickly, just getting burnt out and realizing that this is not how we wanted to homeschool. Um, I have to say the same thing. I think I, um, you know, I, I have the, how they do it in school. And so I thought, well, that's how we have to do it at home. And so, you know, I would push us to sit down and we've got to do this and we've got to do it for hours and hours and we're both crying and we both hate this. And, and then after a while, it was just like, you know what, we're going to take a break and we're going to go to the park or we're going to go jump on the trampoline. Um, and when I, when I stopped pushing to make it look like I thought it was supposed to look like, um, it became so much more easier. I agree. And when you're crying, no one's getting anything out of it anyway. So take the breaks. I really learned that, especially as things get more difficult. That's the beauty of being at home. You can do that, and it's okay. And your kids will enjoy, start to enjoy learning more than um, just constantly being stressed out. And it gives you also um, a chance for you to learn their learning style. I thought my kids would love to be on the computer for math and all these classes, and it turned out none of them did. So I had to find some alternative ways, get the books back out, and it's fun to watch your kids learn. Um, a, a big concern that a lot of you guys had when you registered, and then I keep hearing this concern from a lot of parents, is just how do you give your kids social opportunities? And of course, there's a way to answer this in a normal year, and there's a way to answer it this year. So you could kind of speak to both, but how, how do you uh, get your kids socialized, get them interacting with other people? Um, well, yeah, it's kind of hard because of COVID. So, um, and I would say, more than anything, that's probably the biggest uh, grief and um, sadness that your students are going to experience is the loss of the things that they love to do. Um, so I think, you know, in my mind, it's just being very attuned to what they need and trying to get them out, like helping them make social situations happen for them um, in this, you know, in this time. So. Um, yeah, I would say um, the idea that homeschoolers are unsocialized and awkward, I think, is a little bit, um, to some degree, of the past. Um, I think there are so many opportunities now with COVID that definitely puts um, a kink in things, I think. But um, for us, um, we, and of course, my oldest will just be going into sixth grade um, and my youngest starting kindergarten. But for us, we really do our best and try to finish our school by lunchtime. 
as best we can, we try to, and we take breaks through the morning, but if we can be done by uh, lunchtime, then, um, you know, we have afternoon opportunities to just, you know, and obviously this depends on your level of comfort during, you know, this time, but to go meet at a park and play and hang out or, um, yeah, you know, like go to the zoo or meet at the library and different things like that. Um, just giving those, you know, giving kids opportunities to connect and meet together with um, friends. Um, and so for us, that's, we do our best. And some days we take the morning off and we'll go and hang out with some, you know, like with some friends in the morning and then we'll do school when we get home. Um, it's just, it's great to have that flexibility with homeschooling. Um, I think it's a little different just given our time that we're in, but um, you know, finding a family or two, you know, that you feel comfortable with and trying to make, you know, some sort of regular get together, I think during the days and making that part of your homeschool um, experience, I think, then it just gives those kids extra opportunities. Um, you know, and then if you choose to do things like a sport or a dance or acting or, you know, those opportunities gives them the chance to, to socialize in that form too. But obviously this year is a little, a little tricky with some of those activities. Did you add anything, Linnea? We've utilized our porch a lot more, you know, <laughs> having people over. Um, it's just nice for the kids to really be able to see people and to talk and to be around their peers. I think it's important. Um, you know, anything they have for youth group, um, our YMCA, there's places that have things for homeschooled kids. And some of those are open. We're doing soccer and things like that. So I think any opportunity you can do um, where you feel comfortable, you know, do it for your kids because they really, really need it right now. And one quick thing to add to, I think um, one thing that we have done is we live on a cul-de-sac and we've um, connected with a couple of families, you know, and so even if there are other families on your street that are homeschooling or doing e-learning or something and that you can just, they can get together and ride bikes or take walks and things like that. Um, and then it's, you're not necessarily having to drive and go anywhere, but you're able to connect with your neighbors and which is just another great opportunity also, I think, just to, to get to know the people that you live next door to. All right, thanks ladies. Our next one's also a really common question um, from you guys here and, and from people watching, but how do you set up and keep an effective schedule? And again, uh, we have a wide audience here, a wide variety of people represented. We have people who are working from home right now. We have people who are, are working outside the home right now. Um, we have some stay-at-home parents and some not. And uh, we've got parents with, or families with kids in all different grades. So as much as you can, speak to all those different areas. And it's kind of nice that you guys all have such um, a variety within your own families as well. So you can kind of speak to that. But how do you set up and keep a schedule when you're doing school at home? Um, I will speak to the older students, so maybe junior high and above. Um, we always had a what we call a working schedule. So, you know, we have our, our goals of what we want to do, and we try to meet those goals, but there's always a flexibility within the schedule. Um, now, this is for um, parents that are able to stay at home, um, you know, and kind of help and monitor. If you're not at home or if you work from home, um, I guess that's going to be depending on how independent your child or your student is able to be. Um, so details are a little hard because I'm not quite sure which way we want to go. So I like the idea of a working schedule. I think that's yeah. important for people to take away. You know, it's it's tempting to 
back to the beginning questions, you know, wanting to sit them down in a desk and stay put uh, for a certain amount of time. And, and school at home doesn't have to be like that. What else? I think for us, it's really important to have a schedule. Get up in the morning, do your chores, be dressed, get ready for the day, even if you're not going anywhere. That's so important. Um, and it doesn't have to be a beautiful classroom setup. We do most of our schooling at the kitchen table, and that works the best. I can be cooking or whatever. They can be sitting at the counter. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't stress too much about getting that all ready. We go to the dollar store and get the clipboards and um, use those for worksheets that we might have, mine or older, so they can work alone. But there are some times that some students will need more help. So I try to schedule our more difficult um, or work-heavy classes in the morning. We try to get those done before lunch. Um, and then, you know, some of the easier art, music, you know, different things that we do are easier done in those later times. Um, so, yeah, I think that's... That's actually a great tip. I'll jump in. I used to be an educator, and that was definitely... Um, education principle is first seen or heard is best remembered. So also those, those really important things that you want to lay a foundation for, do them first. What else about scheduling? Um, we're, I tend to be a pretty scheduled um, homeschool mom, but a lot of times, you know, then we'll, those kind of tend to, we get lax through the year in different areas. But one of the things that we started a couple years ago that we love is we call it morning time. And that's the first thing we do. And all, I mean, again, I have four kids of different ages. And so we sit around the dining room table and um, we just, we do our Devo or a Bible study and we will, you know, just read some different subjects and the subjects that we can kind of do together, um, you know, we will do those. And the kids love it because they will color while I'm reading a book or, you know, different things. And so that we always start with that. And then, um, you know, then we will move to like our other subjects, you know, that need to get done. Um, but one thing that we do is um, I have a jar and sometimes we don't use the jar but the inside it's they're called brain breaks and so um, in those I just have popsicle sticks and they will pull it out and it might be ride your bike for 10 minutes or you know do some jumping jacks run around the house different things like that to get them you know obviously active but also just to take a little break um, because no one you know even adults don't want to sit and do a ton of tasks without taking you know a bit of a break and so um, so we throw those in um, but again we try to get our school finished by lunchtime and then either during or after lunch we do lots of read alouds um, reading is huge in our house and so um, me reading chapter books aloud to the kids um, is really important and so we do that but the other part of our day that we also really love, it, um, and I started it when the kids were really little, is called rest time. Um, obviously, when the little ones are still napping, you know that they nap. But um, one thing that I learned early on as a as a stay-at-home mom is that I need a break. <laughs> I love my kids, um, and I love teaching them, but I need a break. And they need a break, um, especially with all five of us in the house. The older ones look forward to it because they can play or read without being interrupted with, by, we, we call them the bigs and the littles, so, and without the littles interrupting. And so, um, 
so you know, I direct a home, um, a classical conversations community. So for me, I do kind of have this job also. So during that rest time, I can work on those kinds of things, reply to emails, or eat my lunch while it's warm, or you know, get some housework done, or whatever needs to be done. Um, but that's usually an hour and a half, and so that's part of our daily schedule, or at least you know, three to four times a week. That even on the weekends, sometimes we implement that. And so for us, we fa are fairly scheduled, but it, some of those things really help for us just to keep um, everyone happy and everyone sane and just um, to enjoy being with each other for so many hours um, of the day. I really like that brain breaks. If you're taking notes, that's a good one. Um, all right. This is kind of similar and possibly more for Christy than for anybody else like we've talked about, but how do you keep toddlers and babies, how do you manage them while trying to help older kids with school? That's a good question. Um, the quick answer is sometimes it's complete chaos and you have to be okay with that. Um, but practical um, ways that we have done it in the past is um, I have, so in our, un, like in our unfinished basement, I have shelves of things that I only pull out during school time. So we have sensory bins um, with dried pasta, dried beans, you know, some like kinetic sand, water beads for outside um, play, or even in the kitchen. Um, so for me, working with the older students, like when, especially when my younger two were toddlers and just getting into everything, was to give them something that they could get into um, but wouldn't drive me insane or that it wouldn't take away my attention all the time. Um, and so having just bins or activities, puzzles, different things that those little ones can do. Um, you know, I remember coming in one day working with my um, older two and I turned around and my youngest son was like, just Kleenexes. He was going to town on just pulling, and I was like, ah, it's fine motor skills. We're good, you know, like, and so just um, kind of just you have to relax and breathe and let some things go. Um, another thing that we I instituted a few years ago um, because my husband would travel um, a lot was um, buddy time, and not everyone can do this, but um, the way that we have done this with homeschooling even is if I'm working with, you know, one, like one child, then like the other older kiddo, like he would go and play with, you know, at least my daughter, like because she's the youngest. And so we would just buddy them up and so that I can focus on one and then the other one's playing with. So she's getting attention and also it's, you know, she's not getting into things, but she's getting books read to her by, and then he's practicing reading out loud, right? Or, you know, or just getting that time to play. And so buddy time and then just sensory bins or activities that are kind of contained and spe only specific to homeschooling time um, are just ways that have kept my sanity. That is really, really good. Um, all right. How do you set up, and you've kind of addressed this a little bit, but how do you set up physical spaces and keep your materials organized? Um, when we first started, again, remember I had this whole idea that they had to be sitting down and, and do the work, and um, I quickly learned that Ryan read better upside down. <laughs> so, you know, kind of the idea that wherever they're comfortable, as long as they're doing their work, that's kind of what you want. Um, and so we schooled all over the house, um, on the couch, in the table, in the backyard, on the trampoline. Um, so, I mean, again, that's for littles. For Kaylee, when she was a little bit older, she also always needed a change of scenery. 
So we would do one subject on, at the table. The next subject would be outside at the park. The next subject would be, so as long as I could switch it up for them, they just, they were re-energized instead of sitting at one place the whole time for everything. Um, but it does, do, it does depend on your kiddo. Some kiddos really enjoy that and they can focus more, uh, but both of mine tended to like to move around. Um, we have been known to bring up our mini trampoline and just lightly bounce on that during history, and that really helped. <laughs> so you get creative, but some children just need that activity, or we will take a walk before a more difficult subject. Um, so you get creative, don't you? <laughs> yeah, um, we used to just homeschool. We didn't have space at our, our previous house, and so we would just be at the dining room table, and then the kids were like, we want desks. And I was like, we've never had desks. And so we went and, you know, got, got Ikea desks. So we have some desks that they use. And it's actually, it's kind of nice because they kind of keep some of their stuff in it. But we end up being like, one will be inside a tent in our basement. And one is in front of the space heater. And one is upstairs at the counter. And we're just all over. It's finally, you know, warm in Colorado when it's, you know, after lots of snow. And so we're outside or whatever. And so we are the same. We just, wherever you want to homeschool, as long as you're getting your work done, um, that's, you know, that's what we really care about. And as far as organization goes, um, we kind of have what we call work boxes. And we just use like 12 by 12, I think, plastic stackable bins. And then each kid has like some of them. And they will just have one subject in each bin. So math is in one drawer. You know, reading stuff is in one drawer. And so they each have just a few bins. But it kind of just keeps the subjects separate. So when I say, okay, go get your math book, they aren't like, I have no idea where my math book is. And so it just helps us to, especially with four kids, it just helps us to stay slightly organized, um, you know, from the day to day. All right. Great stuff. Um, this one's a little bit more abstract, but also very important. And that is how do you take care of yourself, self-care and your marriages um, when you've got a lot going on under one roof? I've started getting up earlier <laughs> just to have that alone time. And I think I have really learned this year that it is so important for all parents to just have time with the Lord in the morning, and it just seems to help the day go better. You are reminded by God what your true identity is, who you are, what you're trying to do every day, and that has helped me tremendously just to get back into that this year because it does get tough there are days that are really rough and then also I think you mentioned it just to make sure you end your school day don't let it go all day long into the evening and um, because you can get caught up and we have to have all this done you really don't have to um, the kids will learn and we found that if we don't get it done we'll read our book or whatever at night as a family and that's uh, just fine to do so that's yeah I would say um, I think one other thing that helped me the most is uh, when I first started uh, someone told me that it's really the most important thing is the relationship that you have with your children and kind of to see it through God's eyes you know when God looks at your your child it's not just academics academics there's so much more to them um, and so if you only focus on academics, we're going to do academics right, but we, we miss the relationship or we, or we miss the character or we miss the spiritual, you know, lessons, um, then we miss 
you know, some of the most important parts of it. So I think even for me as a homeschool parent, um, I always try to connect with them on, on just a, I don't want to say a friendship level, but just like a, not a school level. Like, let's just connect. Let's do something you and me. Um, and that made school easier. And then the same thing with, you know, being done by like three and then just the rest of it is just fun, you know? So yeah, we're not doing school at 8.30 at night kind of a thing, so. There's definitely some silver linings to doing school at home that I'm hearing you know, from <laughs> things like, is that when you have um, normal school going on, you definitely have eight, eight o'clock homework sessions and things like that. So it's good to hear some of these bonuses. Um, I had mentioned earlier rest time um, that we have at our house, um, and we do that, you know, if we're not going anywhere, even on the weekends. Um, my husband likes to nap. <laughs> Everyone loves their Sunday naps, right? And so um, the rest time for us is um, huge for me. Like, I'm not a morning person. And so having that afternoon time to get in the Word or just, you know, to breathe or work out or whatever it is, um, that is that helps me a lot. And then for our marriage, um, you know, one thing that we do our, try to do our best on is when the kids, you know, go to bed, like, we aren't going to go work. Like, we're not going to sit and check emails. Like, we're going to have that. Like, that's our time to hang out, even if it's watching a TV show together or whatever. But that's, um, we try to make sure that every night we have that time to connect and hang out um, instead of just doing work stuff or prepping for homeschool stuff or, you know, he teaches also, like, you know, so we just try to make that a priority to make sure that we are spending time together every evening. Um, another question that is also follow-up to that that we've had people ask is how do you make sure that your kids don't hate school or hate your home while they're doing school at home? There's a, There could be a lot of negative associations with that. So is there anything you can think of that, that's practical to help your kids hopefully love learning and, and love being at home um, with you and with their siblings? Um, I think, especially when Kaylee got into high school, one of the things we really talked about is um, learning how to learn. And so, like, for instance, if you told me something, hey, Brenda, I need you to go teach, um, you know, the quadratic formula, would I freak out and go, oh, my gosh, I don't remember? No. I would go to the Internet, I would figure it out, and then I could teach it. And so kind of the same thing with, um, you know, with Kaylee, it was just I was trying to help her, like, you can learn. You can learn anything you need to learn, and you will continue to learn as you go off to college, as you get your first job. It's not like you're learning everything right now and then you're done. Like, finished high school, I don't need to learn anymore. You will be learning for the rest of your life. And so for me, that was just something that I always pushed and communicated with her. I just bought a t-shirt for this school year. I was like, I saw it and it, the, it's in Latin, but it says um, learning is not for school, but for life. And it kind of goes along with what Brenda said that we, um, if we have the mindset that we are going to be lifelong learners um, and we are encouraging our, our children to be lifelong learners and it's not just to get your school done, that they will become they will enjoy and love to learn. Um, and it's not like that every day, like certainly not like rose-colored glasses. But I think, um, you know, it's like when kids see you read and that you love to read and then they, you know, they see that love, you know, too. And so that kind of falls, then they start to become, to, you know, 
to love reading books and things too. And so it's the same thing. Um, and so I say all the time that I am redeeming my education um, by homeschooling my kids because things that they're learning, I'm learning in a deeper level, you know, and things like that. And so um, we do lots of read-alouds and like, a, like she said, like just helping them to see that you're becoming a learner. Like it's not just about getting the, you know, the school done for the day. I think that's a really good principle to take with you if you're planning on doing your school's online program because uh, you're going to have to basically kind of do what they what they say, but you can teach your kids about, about themselves and how to do that. You can sit down and help them uh, figure out some of those things. So however that translates for you when you're doing school online and, and maybe your school's program, I think that's still a good principle that you can hopefully apply and, and figure out how to help your kids um, just learn their learning styles and... Um, you know, even, even it might be an exercise in learning how they don't learn. <laughs> that may very well be your experience this year is that X, Y, Z does not work, and now we know it. Um, so. and, and I would even say, practically speaking, for some of your high school or junior high, um, have them write down stuff that they're not understanding. So if they're watching something and it's just like, don't get this, have them write it down, and then you get to sit with them and say, okay, I don't really know how to do it either, but we can figure it out together. And then you kind of show them the process of what you would do as a learner to figure it out. Um, so that's a way to practically help them as they're learning online. Um, the, for this one, I'm not sure. Have you guys done much online learning or, or things like that with your kids, or have you chosen different things? We've this done, is where it's a little yeah. bit unique because these guys chose to homeschool and many of the rest of us maybe didn't. So I was just curious yeah. because a lot of questions that people have right now are how to balance screen time um, with their, their school time that's also that's going to be on screens potentially and then also entertainment or things like that. So people are looking for tips on how to um, do that healthily. But that, you know, whatever you guys can speak to that, obviously you've got a different story a little bit because you might be able to choose a different way. But whatever you have for that, I think people yeah. would still appreciate we, it. We were never against learning online. Some, some of the online learning stuff is very interactive, um, and they already kind of have that bent towards games online and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, it all depends on how much they're having to do at school. So if they're having to watch screen time for six hours, then that's kind of difficult when, you know, you don't want them to be on the screen the whole time. Um, I'd say if they don't have to be on there that long and they're, you know, only three hours or so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't see why they're, they still can't do other fun things that have to do with screens. But yeah, you do want to limit them. I think that's just a big challenge that everybody's probably going to have to figure out for yourself because everybody's story is very different. But at the same time, maybe we can continue talking about that on going into our Facebook group and, and things like that because that'll be a big challenge. We're going to add something. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say in the spring when the kind of the pandemic started, um, you know, we would we were doing CC online. And so um, so they were sitting and having to be on the screen. And so for us, um, we don't do a lot of like TV and video games, but we do, and my kids love to love that. So I actually just ended up creating a job chart, and so we started that, and we've done it all summer, and it's kind of worked out really great. My house is really clean. Um, and so for that, and it's just like a practical thing, but for every job that they, you know, would finish, then they would put their initial beside it or whatever, and then at the end of the week, then they would get paid, and they get paid every initial is like a coin, like a p poker chip, <laughs> and then each of those chips equal five minutes of screen time. So I kind of were, started making them earn their screen time so that it wasn't 
you know, so that they kind of had to decide, like, what do you really want to watch and or play on, you know, for, like, the video games or whatever. And so um, that's how we've kind of limited it, but also made it something that they really have to earn, too. And I would say, um, especially for some of your high schoolers, um, it can be dangerous, the fact that they have to be on computers the whole time. Um, so if possible, I would put them in the room with you if you're staying home, you know, in the vicinity, not in the rooms. Uh, that was always something that we, we didn't let them stay in the rooms with the computer uh, just for their protection. Um, so some of that practical stuff and, and protecting them, the fact that they have to be on the computer. And that is super challenging for those of you who are, are working and you're, you've got teenagers at home doing schoolwork. So that's a whole other realm that we could go into, but we don't have time for it this time around. But learning about parental controls and things that you can put on computers and devices. Uh, I know my kids, when they did online school, uh, it's very odd, but the teenagers actually prefer to do their schoolwork on their phones. And they'll, they'll sit there with their phones and do this. So I know that that is the case. But... Um, Parental controls are hard to figure out, you know, whatever, depending on your kids' devices and your operating systems that you use, but it is worth the battle. I, I believe that for sure, uh, parenting teenagers, figuring out parental controls on devices for their protection is worth the battle. So we're not going to be able to spend a lot of time on that tonight, but again, might be something to bring up on the Facebook group or, or ask fellow parents about, figure out parental controls, it, it's worth it. And this might be an important season to do that if we've got teenagers who are having to be at home a lot, um, working on their own on devices. So um, so that is really the, the most important questions that we have for everybody. And uh, I do want to do one little educational thing here for you just to kind of take away something. I'm going to ask you to turn to someone next to you, uh, your spouse or a friend that came with you tonight, and tell them something that you are taking away from the panelists tonight. And you guys do it with each other as well. So you're going to talk amongst yourselves for a minute and tell them at least one, if not multiple, takeaways that you're taking home tonight. So go ahead and do that. All right. Um, just... To end, wrap up our panelists tonight, I just wanted to ask you guys, is there anything else that you want to communicate to, to our parents that are watching or here with us tonight? Anything else on your heart that you just want these guys to know? Um, well, while we were thinking about it, praying about it, um, I think the main thing to know is that God has equipped you to take care of your kids, whether it's for four weeks, four months, or four years or longer. Like, nobody knows your kid the way you do. Nobody loves your kid the way you do. And you are a thinking, smart adult. And you can figure it out because that's what you want them to become. So don't stress out. You can do this. Okay? I was just thinking, we, my boys were starting homeschooling in fifth grade. And, you know, you have to do these tests before to see where they're at. And we were behind in some things. And that was a little shocking, you know. Um, but I listened to some other homeschoolers on some podcasts and they, and one lady in particular, she said, you know, you just need to know where your child is at, something they're struggling and just go the next step, help them to just go the next step. It doesn't matter if it lines up with your standards right now, they'll get it and they'll be encouraged by you and the time that you spend with them, um, outside of a classroom. It can be a real blessing that you have that time to figure that out and to work with them one-on-one -on -one and to give them that boost that they might have lost, you know, some of their 
courage thinking that they were bad at something. I've seen that myself with my own children, and it's just good to remember, don't you know, not to compare or worry about that so much. Just meet them where they're at and take them where they, where they need to go. And, and it will follow their fast learners much faster than we are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with what they said. Um, and I don't have any huge revelation to add. I just, you guys can do this. And, um, you know, God is going to walk with you and walk, you know, help you walk through this, even if it's just for a month or whatever it is. And I think just give yourself grace and know that you're not screwing up your kids <laughs> um, and that you... Um, yeah, that there's a book that I like to read every couple years. It's called Teaching from Rest. And it's a, sh it's a short, thin little book, but it just reminds me. I like going back to it because it just helps me to put things back into perspective and to remind me that I am, all I have to do is point them to Jesus, right? And, and help them to see um, him more every day. And that if I just continue to walk with him, you know, that they're going to see that too. And that that's the ultimate goal is that we're making disciples, you know, and so, um, that you can do this. And so it's, it's not as scary. Every day is not going to be perfect, but it's not as scary, I think, as it may seem. All right. That's good. And, um, you know, just keep in mind that there was a day where all of them were in your shoes. And, and so just, um, you know, we're, we're all in this together, so there's things we can learn from each other. So we also wanted to share some really practical tools for you guys. So everybody who registered, um, we're going to send a follow-up email. If you're watching, you can also just drop in the comments or, or message us that you want to be included in this follow-up material. There's also a sign-up out in the lobby if you want to give us your, your email address. So we're going to follow up with you um, with a few things. So one is some of you might be considering switching to homeschool completely. So we're going to tell you legally what you have to do to do that. Also, um, a list of homeschool styles and example curriculums. Uh, if, if your public school's plan is not going to be the best for you this year, that's, you know, you, a lot of you have asked, you know, what's out there for, for homeschooling. So we'll have examples of that. Um, and then also, this one's kind of cool, a reading list. And this is true no matter what you're doing, even if you're doing your public school's program. Um, the ladies have come up with a reading list of just quality literature at each grade level and, and also some devotional material so that you can use, use with your kids uh, if that's something that, that you need to add to your curriculum. Uh, like I said, it might be one of those rhythms that you add uh, that, that you come back to even after this season is over. Um, I, I believe that if, if nothing else happens this year except that you show Jesus to your kids and read with them, it will be enough. So maybe that's a tool that you can use. Uh, so all of that's going to be, be filled out. And also these ladies have really graciously offered to share their emails with you. So if you have more questions specifically about what they do or want to follow up with them, um, they're going to have their emails in that follow-up material as well. So um, let's give them a hand uh, for their time and, and their wisdom. Our student pastor, Josiah, is going to come up here and close out our time together with one last tool we want to share with you, and then also just pray over you guys and our families as they head into this journey. So thank you for being here with us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, can we give it up for Daisha uh, for seeing a need and really just trying to meet it? Uh, we're really glad 
and grateful she's on this team. Um, but yeah, there's tons of good wisdom there, tons of practical nuggets hopefully you take with you over the next couple of months as you're doing school at home. Uh, but we also understand here at Trace that it may be hard for you to understand, you know, what does it look like to win as a parent? Uh, that each day there's different mistakes, each day there's different things going on, schedules are crazy, calendars are full. And we really just want to provide you with something extremely practical uh, that we think if you can help implement these four rhythms in your life, uh, this can really help your family win. And those four rhythms are something we call the core four. And uh, those four things are eat, pray, encourage, play. Eat, pray, encourage, play. And I actually uh, preached a much longer message on this. I'm just going to do a brief flyover, but you can go to our website and find that there, um, a much larger description of each one of these, why we chose these things, why they're so beneficial to your family. And so we'd highly encourage you to do that. Uh, but real quick, just want to run through these. That The first one is eat, uh, that we believe families should be eating together at the dinner table as often as possible, uh, that this has great benefits to the stability of your family, but also just statistically speaking, uh, families that eat together four or more times uh, a week, four nights or more a week, their kids are actually 2.5 times less likely to get involved with drugs or substance abuse later in life. That's crazy for something as simple as simply eating together at the table. And so we want to encourage your family to eat together at the table on a daily basis. Um, and then the next one is pray, uh, that a lot of us think relationships are a straight line, uh, that we want to go from point A to point B. So we spend quality time, we serve each other, we buy each other gifts, all in the hope that this will build our relationships with each other, when in reality, uh, God didn't design relationships like that at all. Uh, that as we grow closer to God with other people, we inevitably grow closer to each other. And so prayer is an opportunity to do that. Prayer is an opportunity for kids to stop focusing on themselves for just a moment and focus on some other people, focus on God. And so we want to encourage you as a family to set up rhythms in your family, whether it's in the morning or at night before they go to bed or before meals, to pray together as a family. But then third is encourage, uh, that parents, I get it. Uh, parenting is hard. Uh, kids are not always great. Uh, sometimes they can annoy you. Sometimes they can make you upset or angry or mad. And in that moment, we have a choice to make. Uh, you guys have a choice to make as parents on whether you're going to let those actions define who they are. Uh, instead, what we want to encourage you to do is encourage your children to take a couple moments to use uh, what we say are the four most important letters in the alphabet, which is I see in you, uh, to have a conversation where you say, hey, look, here are some things that I see in you. Maybe your kid is a leader. Maybe they're good at taking care of their siblings. Maybe they're good at helping mom and dad out when they need it. Take the time to encourage those kids. And then finally is play. And maybe when you hear the word play, you're thinking in your head, you know, on all fours playing Legos with toddlers. Uh, but I want you to know, while that's not all it is, uh, as your kids get older, it is crucial, crucial that you take the time to play with them, whether they're in elementary school, whether they're a student, whether they're in college, taking the time to find something that they love to do and doing it with them. Playing is not simply taking them along on an activity you love to do. It's not simply sitting in the same room as them as they play. It is taking the time to find something that they love to do and genuinely spending that time with them together to show them how much you care about them, to show, much how much, show them how much you're willing to invest in them. And so that is the core four. We would highly encourage you guys uh, to implement these rhythms in your families, in your life, especially as things continue to get hectic, uh, because we believe uh, that we know you can't do everything, uh, but maybe you can do these four things. And maybe if you implement these four things, uh, these things will help your family win. 
And so uh, we're so grateful that you're here with us tonight. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in online. If you tuned in online, so grateful to have you. So grateful for all the ladies uh, that shared all that wisdom with us. I'm going to pray and then you guys will be dismissed. God, thank you so much uh, for this time. God, we know this is a challenging season. We know that uh, there are a lot of inconsistencies in our life. This isn't where we planned that we would be at this point this year. And God, right now, there may be some parents watching this. There may be some people watching this that are just so afraid, so full of fear for what is to come, whether it's from uh, the coronavirus itself or simply just uh, doing school at home for a season. And so, God, I pray that you would just continue to instill confidence in these parents that like uh, Brenda said, you have equipped them to be the parents to their children. God, that you would give them exactly what they need every single day uh, to continue to parent their kids well, to be parents that are on mission, on mission to develop uh, their children into the leaders that you need them to be. God, we're so grateful for all these people, so grateful for this night. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much.